Welcome, everybody, to episode 232 of the Metabilis 2 podcast, which features myself, Ben. And I am David. And we are going to talk about the last bit of rankings from DWM, uh, the Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, and Whitaker era. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, we're back on the rankings, back on the rankings trail. But before that, I want to correct something that I said last time on the podcast when we were talking about early script ideas or where where Doctor Who really didn't want to tread. And I had mentioned that one of the early ideas that the production team had was the crucifixion of Christ. I got it mixed up. Bunny Weber, an early script writer working with the Doctor Who production team, had posited that since... 1963, 1964, Doctor Who would have spanned the Christmas season that the Doctor and Time Team would go back to Bethlehem. (laughs) The other end of Jesus's life. Right. But still, there are areas in which Doctor Who doesn't seem to want to tread, and that would be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, I mean, our our Christian listener has now been mollified. (laughs) That anger at us getting the wrong end of Jesus's life has been assuaged. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. The memory cheats, and I I got it wrong. Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Moving swiftly on to, uh, we're going tenant tenant rankings. Yeah. And we've had three sets of rankings here with tenants since 2009, 2014, and 2023. Blink has been at the top. Human nature number two. All all three sets there. Yeah, that was interesting. I mean, my immediate reaction to that is, um, I mean, I like Blink. Mm -hmm. It's high. The fact that it's always number one, I don't know anymore, actually, whether that would still be my number one. I would be surprised by that because these are Tenant fans supposedly ranking these stories, and this is a Tenant light story, Blink. So if you're a really big Tenant fan, why would you choose a Tennant story where he's barely in it. It's a very good story, but you're not seeing David Tennant. Though, I have to say, when he is in it, um, he's very, very David Tennanty. True. So, true, true, you know, true, obviously, true. His, his portrayal of the Tenth Doctor is quite a... Uh, that's quite, a, quite an intense one. Um, he's always mm-hmm. kind of full-on. Those kind of video link pieces, that's a fun piece of telly, and he's very, he's very present in those. So... In some ways, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's. I, I'm, I'm kind of really going off the angels. I'm afraid. Hmm. Uh, I, I think it's strange that a, it's strange to me, that a monster that really does only one thing, and that thing that it does is, um, pretty. What's the word? pretty mild compared <laughs> to other monsters basically all they do is send you back in time right that's awesome you're back in time right you know the lottery numbers it's great you're set yeah in some ways mm-hmm. uh should be a monster that we want to see over and over and over and over and over again i i really feel that they're a one note monster mm-hmm. and again you know we we have added to their to their kind of mythos over time a little bit but um Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would not blink down. Uh, I, I human nature, family blood. I think is amazing. As much as I have slight problems with Paul Cornell as a writer in general, he did an amazing job with that, and I it was beautifully acted. And that that's easily my number one. I think. Mm-hmm. And 
it's it's very strong David Tennant piece, Human Nature, Family of Blood. But then again, yep. you're not, I guess, more in Family of Blood. But in Human Nature, you really aren't seeing his portrayal of the Doctor. You're seeing John Smith. Yeah, he's doing some pretty solid acting. He's playing two characters. Yeah. Um, which is, and obviously, you know, one of the characters is 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 very you know, relatively easy to do because it's it's the Doctor, and it's like I said, very kind of heightened. Um, uh, and therefore to do another character which is kind of more subtle I don't know but it, yeah it's a great performance mm-hmm. it's a little bit squishy around the edges but not anything really to do with David Tennant's role in it it's uh, the writing the resolution is pretty dark <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, I mean, it's, it's risen since 2009 it's always been in the top 10 mm-hmm. you know next time we do this you know, maybe it'll take the number one spot. I guess it all depends on how often we see the angels in, um, um, in some ways, in the the new RTD era. Mm. It was a surprise to see him back in flux with uh, Chibnall. So maybe RTD will give him a rest, but they are incredibly popular. So yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, and they were good. In, I mean, that that was my favorite flux part of part of the flux. That was my favorite flux segment. Village of the Angels. Um, yeah. The um, so uh, again, here, I mean, there's plenty of stuff going up. There's plenty of stuff going down. Um, fear her is resolutely at the bottom, mm-hmm. which I think is fair enough. Uh, love monsters, I'm, I see is slightly going up, which is good. I think that's a great big fan of that episode. I'm also a big fan of the Lazarus experiment. I'm, I'm mm. sad to see that languishing at the bottom. I'd certainly put that a lot higher myself, but, um, you yeah, know, that's just me. I think the Lazarus experiment is suffering due to age. Uh, the CGI in it is abysmal. And if you look at it as a whole, it's not a very good story, I think. Hmm. It's getting long in the tooth. Huh. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, if, if you watch Doctor Who expecting great effects, then you're watching the wrong show. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like saying, oh, no. The dinosaurs in the mm-hmm. face of the dinosaurs look like puppets. Well, yeah, they do because they are puppets. Yes, it's a great story though. Um, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. disagree with you on CGI. It's it's of its time mm-hmm. and looks pretty shonky. But then so do most special effects on Doctor Who. Lazarus moment I see as a counterpoint, not a counterpoint, as an interesting comparison. Counterpoint is the right idea to um, human nature and family blood. Um, you know, it's something about aging mm. and. I find those three episodes, thinking about them together, I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. But then that's just me, you know. Well, I think if we switch over to Love and Monsters, it's really just treading water. I mean, we were 33rd place, 34th place now, and previously it's up a tick from 2014 at 35th place. It is a Dr. Light story. It is a very good story. But if you're basing this purely on the tenantness of it, right. tenant is barely in it at all. Right. Right. So I think it's a double whammy. It's a bit of a Marmite story in a Doctor Who fandom, and tenant is not in there at all. So right. Right. I think it will struggle always in these kind of polls. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's definitely true. Um, I, I am seeing really understandable consolidation at the top where the better stories are moving up and the more uh, uh, feels or things that are slightly uh, problematic stories are moving down. So, uh, for example, Silence in the Library moved up. Midnight moved up. Turn Left moved up. Yep. Waters of Mars moved up. All good stories. Yeah. 
Yeah, at the expense of stories like Girl in the Fireplace, Stolen Earth, and School Reunion. So those are stories that have a little more baggage, or in the case of School Reunion, perhaps uh, as we get further and further away from the classic era, uh, seeing Sarah Jane Smith back in Doctor Who doesn't have the same cachet as it did uh, back in 2009. Yeah, no, true. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Just looking, interesting, end of time, kind of just staying where it is, sort of Mm -hmm. basically slap bang in the middle, um, which I think is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think the good stories are going up and that's how it should be. I think we're seeing the evolution of fan consensus here as some of these stories are over almost 15 years old now. And we've had many opportunities as a collective fandom to review these, watch these stories. And like you said, the cream is rising to the top here. Yeah, yeah. And the more general audience stories, like the Christmas stories, are kind of filtering more towards the middle of the queue. Like Christmas Invasion started out very high. And now it's it's originally 12 and it's down five points now into 17. Runaway Bride is on the uptick. And I'm wondering if that's just due to Donna returning here for the anniversary year. Yeah, it could be. Yep. Just again, sort of reviewing this, you know, basically the ones that I would enjoy to watch are are moving upwards, and mm-hmm. that's good because I'm I have excellent taste, um, and <laughs> I know what is good Doctor Who, what's bad Doctor Who, uh, well not bad Doctor, there's no such thing as bad Doctor Who, what is less good Doctor Who, and mm-hmm. and those ones those ones are falling down, Shakespeare codes falling, um, I little bit, I mean I guess it's I guess it's kind of staying where it is next doctor um i like the next doctor but um it's a christmas yeah. special again i think it that's a christmas special yeah. christmas specials generally are having trouble i think in yeah in in the rankings and uh, yeah and the um the variable size of that of the the cyber king is is always a worry to me <laughs> in that story but yeah sometimes it's huge sometimes it's very huge yeah uh, depending on the shot yeah um, yeah, yeah. I don't know any any ones that you would okay. think are wildly out of place, other than say love and monsters. No, I think other than the bottom, mm-hmm. um, the bottom three, I'm good basically, mm-hmm. and the top one. You know, I'd not blink down. I'd move human nature up. I'd move midnight up. I'd have blink nearer, kind of four or five mm-hmm. than it is, and I would have Lazarus experiment a lot higher, and love and monsters a lot yeah. higher. That's that's just me. I think I'd move Gridlock up you know, five five or so spots. It's one of, I think, RTD's better written stories, and it has, I think, a lot going on in it. Uh, Love and Monsters, of course, I would move that up. Uh, personal favorite, I like the Santaran Stratagem. I would move that up. It's kind of dropping. So, yeah, but generally, um, I think I'd put on top Midnight rather than any of the other ones. I think that's a tenant tour de force. It sets up his end time or the Tenth Doctor's end very well, so... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, But generally, I think uh, fandom is uh, coalescing on a pretty good uh, ordering of stories. Yeah, agreed, agreed, yeah. The next Doctor that we have is Matt Smith. And we've only got only two. Only, only yeah. We only have one previous um, ranking here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll have to say, I, I have to look some of these up to- 
<laughs> remember exactly what the hell's going on with these because there's so many of them and they're all kind of some way kind of similar because kind of written by Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, again, you know, my, my review of this is, yeah, this is pretty much where I would put stuff as much as I can remember stuff. When I first saw this, I immediately thought of you because the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe is dead last, and I know you have a great, uh, Do not great like problems that one with at that all. story. <laughs> I don't like that one. Everyone knows the Nightmare in Silver is just a dog's breakfast because <laughs> it was written and rewritten and then rewritten wrongly, and mm-hmm. then they just recorded what they happened to have on the laptop at that particular moment. Curse of the Black Spot, everyone, you know, there's the, the missing crewman, yep. um, etc., uh, etc. Et <laughs> Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, pointless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it's, 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 it's really, um, I'm sad, I'm good to, glad to see Victory of the Daleks maybe starting to move up with a bit. I like that one. Um, and I think if you want to do World War Two, I'd much rather have Victory of the Daleks rather than Let's Kill Hitler, which again, yeah. I think is also kind of a mess um uh, they didn't really know what they were doing then we're right in the middle of the whole river song yep. malarkey which uh, is good but goes on way yep. too long um so yeah I, I vincent and the doctor very very popular with mm-hmm. fans i think certainly because of its you know it's it's addressing issues of mental health right. which i think is very popular with fans so that's not a surprise mm-hmm. um dare the doctor well that's the you know that's the special that's why it's yep. up there and it's a good one you know, introduces the War Doctor, etc., who, you know, fan favorite, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, so like you said, Day of the Doctor's at top. Uh, Vincent and the Doctor moved up a rank to claim second place at the expense of the 11th hour Matt Smith's debut. So that's that's a pretty solid threesome of Doctor Who, a top three. And then you have Neil Gaiman's story dropping a point. He was in fourth position initially, and now he's only in fifth position. Uh, the Pandorica opens, replaces him, kind of looking in the middle of the rankings. The one that I would I would move up higher, I would move up Dinosaurs in a Spaceship probably about 10 spots. I think that's a really good story. Uh, fandom okay. uh, has problems with the resolution i think that's no different than many of the other resolutions that the doctor has with solomon getting himself blown up so other kind of forgotten gems in it Hmm. i would probably move the beast below up a little bit i think that was a fairly good story introducing liz 10 yep and it is moving up which is good to see i think Mm mm-hmm I would drop the impossible astronaut down quite a bit, but that's my own personal bias against that story. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of drop that whole season down a lot further. Um, I think that's where it starts to get season six. Yeah, that season yeah. six is a, is a mess in in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, and I'd kind of move a lot of that further down. Um, but, yeah. yeah. Um, Series 5, the debut of the Matt Smith Doctor, I think is fairly well represented. You have Time of Angels, 11th Hour, Pandorica Opens, all all there at the very top. I think Amy's Choice also was from that season, and that was in the top 10. So it has almost half its stories there up in the top 10 of uh, Matt Smith era. So that's pretty pretty strong showing for uh, Stephen Moffat's first time at the show running of Doctor Who. Yeah, and and it is, it is, it is a kind of um, a, inarguably strong, and um, and I think uh, those are deservedly high. Yeah. 
And um, let's see, most of, I guess the Day of the Doctor is a Clara story, but most of the top I'm looking at here are Amy Pond stories of Matt Smith. So if uh, Clara probably didn't really hit her stride until the Capaldi era speculating here, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of uh, Clara stories early on in uh, the Matt Smith era. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Yep, that seems about right. Interesting to see kind of the stratification between Amy and Clara eras. Yep, agreed, agreed. And uh, River doesn't do too wonderfully, I guess. Her strongest story in these, uh, she was pretty high in Tenant. I think she was, what, third place in Silence in the Library. And then looking at her stories here, dropping down a couple spots, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone, sixth place, uh, that is her, oh, I guess she was in Pandora Copa. So I take that back. River seems to be doing okay. It's when they're focusing purely on River Song, like the wedding of River Song, does it kind of go off the rails. Right, 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 right. Agreed, agreed. Right, well, that's uh, Matt Smith. So early glimpse of uh, fandom consensus here. It's still quite, quite a bit of movement, and I don't think we're at our final... Uh, final ranking. We're certainly not calcified like some of the 1980s rankings and a lot of movement except uh, Day of the Doctor at the top. It is actually, it is interesting to see, as you said, kind of fan consensus developing. I think that's actually fascinating about these about these rankings. Um, I guess the next one, well, I mean, if we do it in another decade, so we do it, you know, 2030 or so, um, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see whether you know how the movements have continued or whether things again things start to stop a little bit that that would be interesting to see yeah and so we have the initial uh initial rankings now from capaldi and whitaker yeah which is fascinating and the first swing at the bat for uh peter capaldi and uh, i guess i'm not surprised at all to see world enough in time nope. at the top spot tour de force from absolutely Stephen moffat and peter capaldi yep Absolutely agreed with that. I am surprised to see Mummy on the Orange Express so high, actually. Really? Yeah, that's not one that's ever really resonated with me that Hmm. strongly. Flatline, Oxygen, Pilot, all are good. I'm I'm, I'm happy with those. (laughs) Uh, I'm happy with those. I'd not Mummy on the Orange Express down to the middle, and I'd move. Really? I'd move something like Thin Ice a lot higher up, and Magician's Apprentice. Dark Water, Death and Heaven, that can go down. Face the Raven can go down. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion, I think is a mess. That can go a lot further down, yep. um, as far as I'm concerned. Whizzing down to the bottom, um, I'm getting quite surprised to see Eaters of Light so low. I'd I, I knock that up. However, apart from that, I think the bottom is pretty accurate. At the very bottom, in 35th place, in the Forest of the Night, uh, no surprise there. Fandom generally derided the kind of fantasy forest, one night only to protect the Earth story plotline. And then we have another high fantasy story in 34th place with Kill the Moon, with the the moon moon as an egg. And at least on the U.S. side, the perceived abortion politics around that. Oh, right. Mm. Yep. And then in 33rd place, Sleep No More, which was the uh, Mark Gatiss. Um, it really was kind of a, a damp squib of a story. It was uh, supposed to be found footage. 
and right, right. He had his buddy in there, Reese Shearsmith. Yep. Yeah, Reese Shearsmith didn't. It just didn't land, and it. I mean, it, it was built up to be this, you know, great uh, new way of seeing Doctor Who, and it just cheated. It wasn't all found footage. It it just was kind of a disappointing disappointing story. Yeah, it fell flat. It seemed to me it was the kind of the final. Um, what's the word? Uh, finest expression of the kind of Moffat era of like, let's fight, let's look at a thing that we all know about and make that thing scary. So like cracks in the wall, um, carved things, but like the stuff that you find in your eye when you wake up. Um, yeah, that's not actually something you can make that scary. So, um, yeah, it kind of failed for me. Robot of Sherwood again, that failed. Uh, yeah, I, I, this again, this is a good, this, this, this is, this is, as I just repeated myself, these are accurate rankings as far as I'm concerned. Uh, apart from moving Mummy down, I'm good with all of these. Right. Face the Raven could go down a bit further, mainly because even though Clara gets killed, um, I'd like her story to be more unpopular. Um, because <laughs> I don't like the character. So that could go, that, that could go further down as far as I'm concerned. I guess I'll take, uh, take note of Mummy on the Orient Express in third and, uh, Third, fourth, and fifth place uh, with fandom consensus here, at least for uh, 2023, of Mummy, Flatline, Oxygen. Those are all Jamie Matheson stories. It's only the combined story, The Girl Who Died, in 27th place overall, which uh, that was the uh, kind of Monty Python-esque Viking story that kind of set up... uh, Yeah, what was she called? A shoulder or Lady Me. Yeah. The Woman yeah. Who Lived, another kind of fantasy story, landed flat. It was that Clara and the. Right, right, right. Uh, it wasn't the the hybrid. I can't remember. It was just. <laughs> just. <laughs> and then we have a Gareth Roberts story in uh, 31st place, which with his. Yes, uh, with his it um, was just a tone deaf story. This was when the doctor hated soldiers, which made absolutely no sense. And it was trying to set up the. Remembrance Day, Dark Water, Death in Heaven story, which really cyberbreak, boo. Yep, all, all <laughs> boo for that. Yeah, so and Dark Water, Death in Heaven came in thirteenth place, but I, I honestly, I would prefer the Magician's Apprentice, which was fourteenth place to you know boo up. Yeah, I'd definitely move that up. It has the great scene of Missy kicking Clara into the Dalek sewers. So, I mean, that what's not there to love? What's not to love about that, exactly. Yes, more more Clara <laughs> oppression. That's what we're after, basically. <laughs> Other than that, uh, the kind of the middling stories, at, like Time Heist, almost smack dab in the middle at 20. Uh, one-off story, Empress of Mars, Into the Dalek. Those all kind of get lower, lower billing than kind of the more epic ones right 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 i put empress of mars a bit higher I like yeah that. i like that one yeah uh, yeah, yeah see it, it had to return to alpha centauri for crying it's, out loud exactly that, that, yeah come on come on yeah come on people <laughs> let's vote that higher uh the I, monk trilogy uh-huh. is uh all split up the lie of the land is the lowest at uh, 28th and then pyramid at the end of the world which i felt was worse than the lie of the land pretty dire I would swap those places between Lie of the Land and Pyramids in the Mars and then Extremis at uh, 10th place. So that, you know, top 10 for the the kickoff of the Monk Trilogy. Yeah, I agree. It's it's an, it's an really kind of expresses how the Monk Trilogy goes. It starts out well 
and um, they can't really stick the landing, and so the yeah. the, the ending is is all the way down the bottom. Yep. Yeah. Thoughts on Twice Upon a Time being fifteenth overall. That should be lower for me. I mean, I know it's important that, you know, it's a regeneration, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think we're making too much of a fuss about regeneration. Um, it is way more effective when it just happens and nobody cares that much, mm-hmm. as happened in the classic era in some measure. But to have entire stories that are about that didn't like ancestors of the brigadier popping up i think that's kind of silly mm-hmm. so you know uh yeah that 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 would be a lot lower for me yeah the brigadier obviously a very significant figure in the doctor who pantheon of characters i wonder if this is something because this is a british show that there's uh an interest in ancestor or lineage is it? I I don't think so. No. Um, I mean, I think okay. there's, I think there's certainly a desire to you know for a, you know, a soldier to come from a mil- you know military people come from military families, and the kind of sensitivity of the brigadier is also a sensitivity of his ancestor. It's um it's the brigadier's grandfather, right? That we meet the Mark Gatiss, or is it? He's not his father. No, it's grandfather. grandfather. I think I. Yeah, which kind of I don't know. That's like mm, that's kind of doing some unit dating stuff there as well. And again, I mean, I think as people have pointed out, and I agree, I think the characterization of the first Doctor is poor. Yes. Um, and not not thought through well enough. Um, yeah. It's kind of a one-note joke character, and mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't that doesn't treat the first Doctor well. Yeah, I think this is another example of kind of Thasman, where fandom was clamoring for Bradley to return as a Doctor, or segment of fandom was clamoring, and so Moffat took that idea, a fandom idea, and tried to weave a story around it. And this is a story that wouldn't have had to have happened if Chibnall was set to do a Christmas story for Whitaker's debut or his first time at the bat. But right, uh, right. I'm, I think it just would have been a much, much stronger end to Capaldi's era to go out on World Enough in Time and have this uh, continuation yeah. in Twice Upon a Time. It just doesn't work. And like you said, it's a, it's a parody of the Hartnell Doctor and it just doesn't work that well yeah you're right he had an amazing send-off that ended brilliantly um and then like oh no hang on there's some more well we don't really need any more um as much as i don't really care for the chibnall era i think you're right i think a chibnall christmas special introducing jody would have been the way to go but um i guess that wasn't going to happen so we have a kind of it's kind of a ghost episode for me. It feels really thin and empty and not not very nourishing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it's trying to do it's trying to do a lot. We're doing a regeneration story after the real regeneration story. We're trying to do a Christmas story. Moffat's trying to repair damage or do something with the Brigadier's character after the uh, cock up and dark water, death in heaven. Right. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. That he, that is what he's trying to do and he's not doing it very well. Yeah. Get Mark Gatiss in some screen time one more time. It, it's trying to do a lot of things, but it doesn't do anything well, I think. And it's, it's a Christmas fluff filler that only has significance probably because it's a regeneration story. Yep. Agreed, agreed. Yep. 
Yep. So I'm with you on that one. Too high. Too high. At, uh... <laughs> too high. Move it down, please. Please. Yep. Thank you very much. 2030. We'll, we'll be looking for you to all vote that further down. Thank you. Yep. Yep. First swing at fandom. Uh, interesting where we are. Uh, we'll see in 10 years, see in a decade's time where we land. Exactly. I'm looking forward to being a decade older and uh, <laughs> finding out what happens. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. So, yeah. Jody, Jody Wickers uh, era, 24 stories, uh, relatively truncated seasons due to COVID in many ways. And uh, at the top is her farewell. It's, it's <laughs> her farewell. <laughs> Hooray. Bye. So, I, I mean, this is off, uh, this is the first swing at Jody. And like with Peter Capaldi, I mean, as much as I really don't like anything from this era, <laughs> this is good. This is pretty accurate. Power of the Doctor is, um, it's a bit much, uh, yeah. to be honest. But then, you know, uh, why not? It's the end and let's throw everything at the fan right. and see, and see what hits, basically. Um, uh, Villa Diodati is excellent. Fugitive of the D- Jadoon introduces to me the Jody's the best Doctor of Jody's era is introduced <laughs> there. Rosa again a bit of a thin story, but you know it's well done. And from five onwards, I'm not particularly interested. I'd like to see the Witchfinders higher because yeah. we get um uh, we get hats. Um, <laughs> Which, which is, which is something I've, I've always enjoyed with that one. I should like a hat like that. I should like a hat like that. At the bottom, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Um, I, I'd certainly not the ghost monument a lot further down. Um, I don't know what I would replace it with. Right. But I don't even remember what Can You Hear Me is at this point. Is that the one with the plastic? No, that's Praxis. The Can You Hear Me, the problem with Can You Hear Me was the ending with uh, Graham's cancer and him confiding in the doctor. Oh, yeah, the doctor not being that interested. Yeah, not offering or... It, it was poor... Uh, poorly written? Poorly written. Uh, Chibna was trying to go at the uh, doctor being awkward, but this is not the character of the doctor that we want to see. The doctor should have offered, well, we could take you, we can scan you, we can cure your cancer, you know, we can make sure. Or Graham saying, you know, I'm just, you know, it'd be more within Graham's character saying, you know, Doc, thank you, but I'm going to live my life and take my chances. But that diminished an otherwise pretty strong, I think, episode. Right, 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 Which was focused around Yaz's uh, mental health issues. Another mental health story. Another mental health story, indeed, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with it being at 17. Um, now, Orphan 55, is that really the worst, or is it Battle Ransker, Avkolos, or Legend of the Sea Devils? Orphan 55, I'd move Ransker, Avkolos to the bottom. Um, i put um, Tsangra Conundrum next to it, and I'd move Orphan 55 just above Legend of the Sea Devils. Um, I think, you know, the whole Benny thing... <laughs> With fandom, Benny, Benny um, has really kind of killed uh-huh. that episode. And again, I think the more not my doctor fans who don't like being told mm. about things don't like the whole global warming thing. I don't like it either because I think it's like, well, hang on, okay, you, uh, this isn't going to get solved. So I don't know what. I guess global warming gets solved in the doctor's universe, but in our universe, uh, probably not at this point. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, it's it's still low. Right. It's still low. It's a mess. Yeah. What I find interesting in this ranking is 
the Ascension of the Cybermen and Timeless Children, 16th overall out of 24 stories. So that came in fairly low, but then you have the introduction of this whole concept of the many different doctors before the Hartnell Doctor in Fugitive of the Jadoon in third place. And then kind of the... Uh, the coda or the final wrapping up of this in Flux, Flux, uh, I think, is hurt by being a collection of six stories rather than six individual stories that it the, the very good, like Village of the Angels and the Santaran, War of the Santarans, are weighed down by the general fluxiness of all the other stories. Yeah, and it's interesting that it's literally, of 24 stories, it's number 12. It's mm. right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And so there are, in flux, there are good stories that should be higher than 12, and there are bad stories that should be way lower than 12. Put them all together, you get 12. Yep, right um, right so in the middle. Good point. Yep, very right good point. Right slap bang. Yep, yep, the average is out, and it's slap bang in the middle. Um, I'd put Spyfall lower. Um, that's kind of a mess, and was... You know, it's, it deserves to be at number six really only because of the introduction of the new master. Episode one of Spyfall, excellent. Episode two of Spyfall drops off not the cliff. Not excellent. Yep. Exactly. Not excellent at all. Um, so, again, that's a quarter of the way through. Um, otherwise, yeah, Witchfinders with Graham's hat, that should be higher just simply because of the hat. Um, it takes you away probably should be higher too if the solo track frog and that bit. Yeah. Should it though? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm happy with it at number 13. Okay. In fact, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it slightly lower. In fact, I'd swap that with Kablam. Really? Yeah. No. I quite like Kablam. Mm. I mean, you know, the whole like Amazon is awesome kind of resolution <laughs> is, is not ideal. But, you know, it's a fun story, and I do like the Kablam Man. I have the soft spot for that, so that, that, that that's going to be higher. Ghost Monument should be way lower, because those scarves, uh, again, I still hate those. Um, <laughs> the prophetic scarves of doom. The scarves, <laughs> the scarves of, of, of mild threat, exactly. I think... Um... It's like, they're pretty much disappointing in the same way that the Battle of Ranscourt Avkolos was disappointing. Yeah. You know, you kind of build these, this is going to be amazing, and then, like, it's not amazing in any yeah. in any measure. Um, yeah. The return of the man who's got teeth all over his face, great. Well, we didn't like him when he first came out. Right. So, you know, anyway, whatever, yeah. Yeah, that first season of Whitaker's Doctor, I just kind of felt deflated a little bit more after almost every episode. Yeah. And, was, and you you, had, you kind of had to search for highlights like The Witchfinder and Demons of the Punjab, which are problematic stories, but in comparison, shine out like beacons. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, part of the... Pro- I mean, looking at this Chibnall era, um, I mean, a part of the problem, I think, with all of these, and especially with the ones in the lower ranking, is that they're, they're very, very high concept. Hmm. And you have a an episode like Arachnids in the UK, which is basically, okay, wouldn't it be cool if there was an episode that was called Arachnids in the UK, which is like Anarchy in the UK, yeah. right? Yep. And then you're like, okay, then what should the episode be about? Um, I guess Spiders? And it, then it just falls flat. Similarly, I think, with Legend of the Sea Devils. If the Sea Devils are back, and they're in China. That sounds amazing. Yep. Uh, and then it's like, uh, well, hang on. How are, we, how are we actually going to do this? And then no one really knows how to do it. And it gets done badly. You know, I think it's a, 
there's a you know stories should earn their awesomeness rather than just be like well the title sounds amazing yeah you know nikola tesla's night of terror that sounds fantastic and then it isn't um Mm -hmm. so you know i think there's a there's a problem with kind of high concepts with chibnall which is just not just is not followed through with an elevator pitch does not make a story exactly that's the point i'm trying to make a lot of these are elevator pitches and they sound fantastic and like yeah it's green light that arachnids in the uk that sounds amazing and then someone's got to struggle to actually make it work and um, we're going to mm-hmm. lock the spiders in a room and that will be fine oh no but there's a big one. Oh, it's dead anyway <laughs> So the Dalek stories, uh, Eva the Dalek is his highest ranked uh, Dalek story at 7, uh, followed by Resolution at 9, and then if you go all the way down to 14, uh, Revolution of the Daleks. So he did fairly well for writing Dalek stories. I think in many ways better than Stephen Moffat did in his time. Yeah, no, the Daleks are pretty pretty well served, and I think that's an accurate ranking for Daleks. Mm-hmm. As everyone knows, I'm a huge fan of the Daleks. I would have every episode with Daleks in it. They should be the villain in every episode, including <laughs> including the Witchfinders, where they would wear hats. <laughs> um, and Kablam, where they work for the Kablam Foundation. Um, uh, um, yeah, I think I think you did a good job. Um, I I kind of agree with the ranking because what is wrong with uh, Chibnall's use of the Daleks is that kind of homemade Dalek that someone's making a barn. I don't like that at all. Um, I think that's a poor design, and I am scared um, that it establishes a uh, a precedent of the Daleks not having someone inside them operating them. Um, and I'm worried that that's going to be something that will continue. Mm. They're, they're always. Sh- I mean, I'm, I'm talking like at you know in the, in the film studio, the, sh- the Dalek has someone inside it who's operating it. It's not. Right. It's not a remote right. control thing. So we had, I think, two remote control Daleks, right? In resolution, yep. and the the in in that that was the, uh, the homemade one. Homemade. Yep. yep. Yeah, and then Revolution of the Dalek, which had the kind of se- security, the security drone Daleks. Daleks. Yep. 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 Yeah. Jack Robertson returned in Revolution of the Daleks. That was a win, I guess, for the character coming back because uh, he jumps up six points in the polls from Arachnid in the UK. Yeah, and that's a that's a character that could have been. They could have really gone for that character. That character could have been Donald Trump, and I think it was originally conceived as being a Trumpy figure. And then the BBC were like, "Oh no, hang on, we're not allowed to criticize the president of the United States, so let's dial him back." And that was a bad move. I think they should have think they should have stuck to their guns and gone in hard with that character but they didn't mm-hmm. which ends the character ends up being neither one nor the other you don't really know why he's american mm-hmm. for instance that kind of doesn't make sense if you don't have it be a strong satire on trump which they again they weren't willing to do you would think that he would have been in spyfall but instead they have uh, you know a very good portrayal by lenny henry of uh, daniel barton but I would have expected Chibnall to, if he was trying to make Jack Robertson a thing, to have him in Spyfall yeah, as a, either well. competitor with Lenny Henry or yep. just replace Lenny Henry's character completely. Again, Daniel Barton is another character that just kind of was uh, walked away from it all, and you would have expected him to return, yeah. much like uh, Tim Shaw, but did not. <laughs> um. 
Right, <laughs> Tim Shaw's We're back. Covered in teeth, He's got yes. teeth all, all over him. Ah, that's scary. With Spyfall, I get the impression it's like, oh, Lenny's available. Yeah. Let's have him in the show because he's available. Oh, he's not available very much, so we can never have him again. Again, I think it's high concept. It's like, okay, we can get Lenny. Okay, um, what can Lenny do? Um, mm-hmm. What does Lenny want to do? Okay, well, he can do that then. Mm-hmm. And it's it just doesn't work. And I think, again, I think it would have been a lot more effective if we'd had um, Jack Robertson. Yep, should have been Lenny Henry. And, you know, the alien threat should have been a frightening one mm-hmm. um, rather than a not frightening one. And the whole flying across the Atlantic in an aeroplane with a hole in it and doing that, <laughs> doing that in about three hours. It's like, well, it just doesn't work. So Sorry, it's not working for me. Chris Noth, the actor who played Jack Robertson, he's an American actor. He doesn't, I think he was like flown in specifically for this role. Really? I, yeah, I don't think he's really active in the UK at all looking at his credits. He was just like, I mean, Law and Order and he was Mr. Big on in Sex and the City. And Oh, yeah, that's uh, where he's from. Yeah, okay. So, I'm, uh, Chibnall obviously wanted an, an American to play this role. But it's thematically with Lenny Henry, Chris Noth, those two should have been competitors in Spyfall. And adding Lenny Henry to Shasan Juwan in the debut of The Return of the Master in Spyfall and then have all those celebrity cameos from history, it's really too many moving pieces maybe. There's too much going on with that yep, and yep. none of it is done too high concept. super well. And there's not enough cohesion between all the little pieces. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. See, I would be astounded if we didn't find out or we we didn't know that, you know, Chibnall is a big fan of sex in the city. <laughs> um, I'm sure. He, no, I'm, I'm sure he is because that's the kind of thing he'd be a fan of. And he wanted Mr. Big in the show. I think what's wrong with that casting is that he doesn't actually sound like an American. He, the, the actor sounds like a British person doing an American accent. Hmm. And I don't know whether they kind of di- had said like, you know, just dial down your American voice a little bit. But when I first heard him speak before I, you know, okay, who is this person? Where, where is he from? My immediate reaction was like, okay, they got some Brit and he's doing a bad American accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, they employed BBC's new technology, Auto-Tune, but for uh, received pronunciation. There you go, exactly. <laughs> <On> his voice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm looking forward to when I'm in my mid-60s. That's going to be an exciting time for me. Yep. Uh, the most exciting time that will happen in my mid-60s is when this poll is done again. And we'll see... We'll see where these move around. I think that's going to be really, really interesting because right now I'm seeing this to be pretty accurate. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of room for it. I I think more than Capaldi or more than, yeah, more than Capaldi's era and more than Smith's era. The Chibnall era, I think, has more consensus in how the stories are going to play out than in the Moffat era. So, yeah, I mean, do you think we, we might be seeing a Sixth Doctor theme here where, you know, when we when we look at this, obviously there's, you know, far fewer, there's a third, two thirds mm-hmm. less fewer stories, but there is no way to move them around because, yeah, okay, this is how it works. Do you think this is going to be the case with the, with the Chib era? The Chib era? Yeah, Chib with era? only 24 stories to rank, 
I think where the, you're going to see movements, flux is going to grow as people go back to it. I think that's going to um, improve in time. I think as the uh, Whitaker fans coalesce on advocating for their stories, I think we'll see rise and ascension of the Cybermen. And probably we'll see stories like Rosa and Woman Who Fell to Earth kind of drop off. I would also see The Power of the Doctor falling off the one spot. Um, I think people were excited by it because it had basically just happened. Yeah. And it's it's a fun it's a fun end-of-era romp. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's got the staying power at the top spot that something like Haunting or Fugitive have. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I, can, I, I would put money on that dropping. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll see, yeah. Well, yep. when we're doing, a, I don't know, episode 1,000 <laughs> of this podcast, um, we will we'll find out. In 10 years' time, yes, in, in our... Uh... In our senior bunkers, hold up with the uh, collapse of civilization due to climate change and exactly. rise of pl- exactly. plastic and terrorizing birds. It uh... <laughs> great. Looking, looking great. forward to it. Looking forward to it. Good times. Good times. Fun times. Good fun times. times. Will the future be Praxius or Orphan Fifty Five? That <laughs> take your that's choice. That's our choice. Exactly. Exactly. Oh dear. <laughs> Right. Uh, well, okay. That that is the Doctor Who magazine rankings. Any speculation for what story is going to be on top for the final, final, tr- final rankings, where all the Doctors compete against each other? I'm excited. Um, I'm actually kind of excited to see how this works out because this is the time that we may see, uh, we we'll see how the how those uh how the Capaldi and Chibnall eras how they really compare. Yeah, and um, it also seems to be, you know, a really interesting time to see how classic Who um, really stacks up mm-hmm. because there's now a, you know, there seems uh, it's about equal fifty fifty. I was about that's exactly what I was trying to express. There, it, it's about the same amount of Who, mm-hmm. and uh, there are you know there are older fans like us. So it's it's all old Who. <laughs> um, and there's there's a there's all the new new who fans. Oh, it's all new who, and um, I'm 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 actually kind of excited to find out what happens. It's I think mm-hmm. it's going to be thrilling. It's an interesting technique that they're doing because DWM is asking you only to pick five and not rank them. So you have to choose the ones you like rather than sandbag the ones you don't. Right, exactly. And um, I've not done it yet, but nope. I'm excited to go to the um, go to the page and uh, do my rankings. You got till the end of the month, end of September here to get end it of done. September. Yep, which I think will be world enough in time for me <laughs> to do. Um, I'm excited to see whether I want to, you know, spread my spread my love amongst the doctors, or whether I want to concentrate my love amongst doctors that I like the most. Not entirely sure how I'm going to be voting. We'll talk about that. How I voted in the <laughs> when we uh, when we review the final rankings. Yeah, exactly. Will that be in the next issue? Of that'll be in the October issue or the November issue? I'm guessing it's going to be in the November issue because I think it's going to be November. Yeah. It closes at the end of the month, and then they'll have October to write about it, and then they'll roll it out for the big 60th anniversary. Of course. Yep. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So we'll talk about it sometime around Christmas. Yeah. Perfect. Well, there you go. Then that's our ranking discussion. Thank you for listening to episode 232 of the Metabilis 2 podcast. I have been prognosticating where the uh, Chibnall and Moffat eras will land. 
in 2033 with Ben? Uh, and I have been ranking, just thinking about the future, um, with, with David. Uh, until next time. Talk to you then. Okay. Goodbye. Farewell.